We are Wrestling Elitist. I'm your master of ceremonies, Alex Gibson, alongside everyone's favorite Buckeye, Chris Scott Moore. Chris, how's it going? It's going good, buddy. How are you? Good. It's good to have you back uh, for a second week. It was fun while it yep. lasted having uh, all three of us here, but <laughs> unfortunately, Sean had a uh, board meeting for the Gathering of the Juggalos events this year, so um, yeah, he's he was done good work with them today. Yeah, he is the uh, the treasurer for them as well as the rest of the leaders. <laughs> yeah, um, we do have some big news that's come out this week. Uh, news of the week for us is uh, we now have a link tree. I don't know why I didn't think to create this before. But if you go to linktree.com slash wrestling elitist, you'll be able to find our website, our socials, and our merch. Our merch currently is 25% off now through April 17th using the code friends and fans 25. The and in there is like the ampersands, like and sign. Um, I don't know if that makes sense to people, but friends and fans 25. Now's the time to go and get that support us. Uh, what's kind of cool about that too is uh, it's through our merch provider. So we still get the money that we normally would get. Uh, so you are literally helping fund the show uh, if you do that. So we typically, um, you know, we've actually turned down advertising in the past. I think we've talked about it on the show, but, uh, you know, we do this for you. So please make sure you check that out. We also added a couple of different items to the merch, uh, the merch stand. So if you go yes, and get your gifts while you can. Uh <laughs> But uh, also, please make sure you are checking out our website, WrestlingLeadist.com, for our latest match reviews and articles. Uh, last week was a busy one. Uh, I had two blogs, which I believe is uh, two more than I had the, the beginning <laughs> of the year. So uh, I had a WrestleMania sadness one. So that was looking back at just kind of the regret or the FOMO of not being there this year. Then we also had my Roman versus Cody. I don't want to call it a defense because I don't think too many people hated it too much, but I was just acknowledging how much I enjoyed the match, how much I enjoyed the finish, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, we also had a star ratings for WrestleMania week. Um, so all the blood sports, ROH, things like that. Uh, Chris had a WrestleMania trivia where he kind of went through and did his top five of um, entrances. Uh, I think you had top five Bobby the Brain Heenan moments, things yeah. like that. Uh, and Chris is also going to be releasing his Jay White free agency article. Uh, Chris, two weeks in a row now, has published an article that then, or he didn't even publish the article yet, but uh, basically started writing an article and then it created a knockdown effect. Last week it was uh, yeah. the indictment of our former president. And this week it is, uh, he, he was working on an article about where is Jay White going to land. Uh, and then Jay White showed up on AEW television. I believe the text that we got as soon as Chris realized what had happened was just motherfucker. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then the um, article in progress, just to prove that I was actually getting it done. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you have anybody that you want to show up or be arrested, uh, please reach out yeah. to Chris. He will write an article about that. Um, oh, one other funny thing too, about my, uh, my two blogs that I wrote, I, uh, I was being cocky and I called myself the man of a thousand blogs for uh, posting two articles in one week. And my mother saw that on Facebook and just commented, congratulations, thinking that it was actually my 1000th blog. <laughs> so at least your um, mom read you, your website. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> I, you know, what's funny is like people will like it and then they'll actually like cite something from the post and I'll be like, Oh, I didn't, I assumed that you just were being nice and liked it. I didn't think that you actually read it. So it's kind of cool to actually have that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have that, have that come through. Uh, Chris, 
why don't you uh, run through what our segments are if you still remember what they are? Yeah, so we'll go into the news of the week, match of the week, moment of the week, cringeworthy moment of the week, and then what we're anticipating in the weeks ahead. And then there's other news items that happened, obviously, with this being one of the most momentous weeks in wrestling history, and that's no hyperbole. Uh, There's a lot of other things that we need to talk about as well, so we'll just kind of briefly talk about that at the end of the show. Yeah, uh, yeah, so we'll get right into it. I think up until about... Uh, 930 last night, we would have had the exact same news of the week, but uh, it kind of changed. Um, why don't you talk about yours first and we'll jump into mine. I think this is big news for both business and, and wrestling. Yeah. So Endeavor uh, did buy WWE. WWE was on the market. Um, there were some rumors that maybe they wouldn't sell um, and that they were holding out or this was one of Vince's ways to get back in the company. But um, he did weasel his way back in the company and they were sold. So they were sold to Endeavor. Endeavor's the parent we're company of the world. UFC. Um, so it looks like there's going to be a new company that's going to be going public that's going to be merged between UFC and WWE. They still don't have a name yet. But the uh, stock ticker, you know, name on the um, stock is going to be TKO. Um, from what I understand, I think it's going to be 49% of it uh, is going to be uh, owned by WWE shareholders and the rest is going to be um, UFCs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this changes the landscape of not only WWE, but just the wrestling industry in general. Um, if we're going by what Endeavor has done with UFC, don't expect a whole hell of a lot to change. I'll be honest, I didn't follow UFC tremendously before they were purchased by Endeavor, so I don't know how many nuanced little details have changed, but I don't think it's a dramatically different uh, presentation in terms of product and um, quality. Uh, I would expect, though, that they're going to try to get leaner. Um, They're going to probably cut a lot of jobs in terms of you know, some of the front office staff, the white-collar jobs. Those are going to be cut. I think they're going to try to find... Um, the best people in each department, like, I mean, I know this too well, you're not going to need a bunch of human resources people. You're not going to need a lot of accountants. Um, I mean, those, those are the two most useless professions. We just got to get rid of those assholes. (laughs) That's, that's why we have a side hustle. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, I think there's going to be a lot of layoffs that'll happen. And then I would not be surprised if whatever is getting, um, paid the less is if it's if, if, if it's wrestling or if it's UFC fighters, that's probably what the pay is going to look like consistently for their performers um, on both ends of the spectrum. I would just guess that it really would make sense if UFC fighters are getting paid this humongous difference between WWE or vice versa. Um, I don't expect that anything would change too tremendously much. I mean, I doubt, you know, Vince is going to be in the headset at gorilla at a UFC fight and say, God damn pal, we got to make this, you know, fight finish quicker. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. It's not a belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, wouldn't that be sad though? If there was like all their terminology changed because Vince is technically higher up in the organization, that would be a sad thing. Um, you know, the only thing too I would say though is like he has failed at everything that he's ever done in his career that's not wrestling. That's not just me picking on Vince. That's just the reality of it. Um, he hasn't been successful in anything that's not wrestling. So for him to be an executive in this new organization, who knows? That could be something that's uh, troublesome for them. Also troublesome is, of course, his mustache. If you saw Vince this past yes. week, yeah. um, he looks absolutely terrifying. 
uh, Vince kind of looks like he sort of is like how kind of like how Michael Jackson was towards the end of his life where you're just like, holy fuck, that's your face. Like, how the fuck is that possible? Like, how do you go out in public like that? Like, it's just not even sad. It's just or, or not even funny. It's just bizarre that he goes out like that. And for anyone who's like, well, don't pick on him or like chinning on his appearance for or he's old. Like, this is a guy that's like not only assaulted, allegedly, a lot of women on his roster, but he's done so much to like make a lot of the women put new faces on old faces and he's pumped so much like toxicity when it comes to male body dysmorphia into just the culture at large with the steroid obsession and things of that nature. Oh, yeah. So he can totally get picked on. <laughs> like, usually oh, I don't yeah. go and do that because that's a low blow, but like, no, fuck that. That guy deserves to get made fun of and humiliated publicly. Well, yeah. And you can, it's always fair game to make fun of something that somebody made a choice to look like. Yes. So, yeah, I I think, you know, I've saw some people that were panicking about the the pay side. I don't think it's going to be as bad. I, people were panicking in like the UFC subs of like any wrestlers making over 100,000 better better not answer their phone. I don't think that because I guess UFC doesn't pay anybody, but no, they don't they don't build stars the same way. It's a it's a different machine there. Uh, so I would imagine that they run leaner in terms of there is going to be a smaller roster. But I think people are still going to get paid because there's still a market to get paid. I mean, think about it. Even three, four, or five years ago, when people were making good money in WWE, you know, you'd see a Leo Rush or you know one of these guys. Who's the who's the douche that? Oh, I should call him that. Uh, <laughs> the guy that um, there's a lot there. The one TJP. That's who it was. I remember him saying oh, something yeah. about like how he uh, <laughs> how he. Um, he made way more on the indies after returning than he was making in WWE. So yeah, there's the, the thing with UFC is like who really is paying anything else in MMA? Like there's Bellator, but they probably are only paying the names that are washed up UFC guys. I don't, I don't think that they're paying a regular person that much money. So no. I think like wrestling as it's, as an industry pays better and then you've also got on top of that, Tony Khan recently came out is paying for people's hotels and accommodations yep. and all of that. So they're actually like, even if you're making a little bit less than AEW, you're probably coming out on top unless you consider like, you could probably write it off. There's probably some stuff about that, but still, yeah. at the end of the day, I, I don't think it's going to be as drastic as some people think. I do think that there will be cuts both talent wise yes. and obviously business wise. Um, I've been through mergers and acquisitions uh, and I... You know, the first time I went through it, I naively thought that I would be safe. Uh, the second time around, I literally put in my notice like next week because I happened to have an offer at the same time. And I just I knew it was coming. And legitimately, my entire team that was there, even the leadership that tried to convince me nothing was going to happen, all gone. So <laughs> like it's just it's it's what's smart to do is beat them to the punch, especially with the way that things are going right now. Um, but it's, it's big news. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I really, I already felt like there was too much UFC and WWE crossover and I'm sure it's going to just get worse now. Um, I, I think the most disheartening thing is, is my goal or my hope was that they sold somewhere that didn't want Vince and with the way they made yeah. it sound in the press, um, you know, they played the whole like, Oh, Vince didn't even want to stick around. Yeah, I'm sure. 
Uh, yeah. You know, we had to, we had to beg him. He was a part of this. We needed him. Otherwise we weren't doing this deal. He, he wanted to be there. I'm not yeah. saying that he would have taken less or, you know, he would have taken, you know, less money to stay. Uh, you know, if there was a $10 billion offer, I'm sure he would have taken that. Um, even if it meant he had to go away, but I think this was the best case scenario for him and worst case scenario for fans. Absolutely. I think it's going to be horrible for fans. Um, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show, but I, I, I'm assuming that they're going to, again, lay off a tremendous amount of wrestlers um, and things are going to be catered towards Vince's vision. And as we all know, it's an audience of one. It's not about what you like. It's not about putting smiles on faces. It's about, ha pal. And that's, yeah. it's not fun to watch. And it's only going to get worse and worse and worse, especially too, as, and this is again, a rumor, but it's been, stated by a lot of wrestlers that he doesn't have the cognitive abilities that he once has. Um, he's, and he wasn't always the most of sound mind before <laughs> he was getting older and uh, more insane. So I, I, I think he's going to uh, stay in that job till he dies. I know he recently signed a two year deal with WWE before they got bought, but like he's going to be there until he dies. I, I just I, I can't imagine him not relinquishing power and control, especially too if this company is successful. I mean, like it's probably going to do quite well. I would be shocked if it did poorly. I mean, I think they're going to be in a good position together. And it's not like when WCW got um, bought and was part of the merger and within Turner and all that shit. Like, there's no entity that wants to get rid of wrestling. They want to have them combined. Um, and those TV deals could be very lucrative for them. They're probably going to go back on pay-per-view. There's a lot of money that's going to be coming in. And they also are very financially successful. Artistically, no, but financially, extremely successful right now. And they're going to be able to ride that. Historically, that happens when they do good numbers. It takes a long time for that money train to slow down. Yeah. And and then you look at who's on top at Endeavor. It's Vince McMahon. It's legitimately the the CEO is the person that Ari Gold was based off of from Entourage. Yeah. And Dana White on the other side. Um I can't imagine that there's anything that like like it's it's just they're not going to care about um Vince's troubles or what's going on with him. Yeah. No or what went on with him that is uh you know it's a group of sharks you know for lack of a better term really and murderer's uh, row of uh, chivalry right there (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, i do want to say to nick con man what a um it sounded like i was calling him a con man that was not a uh yeah that was not a slight at nick con um he what a what a businessman in terms of him coming on a couple of years ago, he was a former sports agent, which I'm sure he was making decent money, but to do that, become president and CEO, be a part of this sale where he probably made tens, 20 million. And then he's gonna make 15 now is off the, this at least. Yeah. And then, and now he's the president of the WWE within this new venture, a $21 billion uh, multi-sport media company. Like that yeah. is, that's impressive. I got to say, um, we'll go into my news of the week, uh, just to not carry it on too long. Uh, the other Tony or the other con, I should say, uh, Tony, (laughs) I was, I was, we were texting all of us were yesterday and I was texting with some other friends too, where 
you know, he kept hyping up this announcement, hyping this up, up an announcement. And I was like, it's not going to this. There's no way that this announcement ends up being as big as he's making a sound. I thought it was going to actually be just a UK tour, uh, especially after they announced that Nigel McGuinness was all elite earlier in the day. To me, that was like, OK, that's for sure what it is. And I was like, you guys have already announced this. And then the announcement came. First of all, the return of all in which I kind of forgot about ROH owned the rights to all of that. So that's yeah. cool that he owns that again. And it's going to be at Wembley stadium. Yeah. That's an 80,000 seat stadium. Is that correct? 90, I think would be the full capacity. Dear God. I, uh, I immediately jumped and checked, uh, flights. I'm already going to London, but a couple months after that. Oh, uh, so I was like, Oh, well let's see how much flights will be. If I go in August too. Uh, a cool $2,200 at the moment. So yeah. I will be not <laughs> attending not uh, that show at Wembley. So I'm very intrigued by how this goes. Clearly they must have data that shows that the fans will support this. And, you know, it, it makes sense. It's been around for four or five years now and they've been clamoring for this. So why not make a big, big splash? This, this announcement to me, it was actually exciting. It lived up to the hype from Tony and I think was great news after what we saw this past week with WWE. We saw two great nights of WrestleMania and then the most deflating raw you could ever possibly watch. Uh, and then to have them announce this, that's it's exciting. And I'm confused as to if that's replacing all out or what not there. No. So it'll be interesting. It's not. Yeah, they're still going to have all out. I just don't know if this is going to be on pay-per-view. Um, that might be an interesting choice to not have it on pay-per-view. Um, that's how they filled or not how, but that's how they helped fill WrestleMania three back in the day at the Silverdome to get 93,000, which really wasn't the real number, but they did black out, uh, Michigan from getting it on pay-per-view. So if you wanted to attend, if, so if you wanted to see it, you had to be in person to see WrestleMania three. I wouldn't mm. be surprised if they did that, but I don't know how necessary it is. I mean, um, the I, I think Meltzer talked about this before, but the data what is suggested for the need or or the the want and how many people were in queues and tried to log on and get it and so forth like that for some of AEW's first initial shows showed that they could have filled stadiums. And when they went into new markets, the demand was high. I think even for that Los Angeles show um, some time ago, they could have filled out. Uh, maybe like a 50 or 60,000 seat venue if they wanted to. So mm -hmm. again, perhaps the dad is there. I thought it was going to be in the football stadium that they own, that the Khan family owns, which is like 25,000. So maybe you, you would have got 35 total perhaps in the floor, but this is a bold move. It's a ballsy move. I like it. Um, I, you know, I think they could do it. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. The thing will be, are there going to be people in the seats? It's being run by Ticketmaster and Live Nation. I'm sure bots and that kind of shit are going to buy them all up right away. Um, you just don't know if there's going to be actually butts in seats or what the resale market's going to look like. Um, so, you know, who knows there? But I wouldn't be surprised if they, filled, if they sold it out. I would not be shocked. I don't think it's... Um, I don't think it's like this lofty pie in the sky goal to try to fill that stadium. I think they could totally do it. Imagine what front row seats for that are going to be. We God. were, we had sticker shock from the $700 for, uh, for LCA. Yeah. 
for for front row. I cannot imagine what ringside would look like. Um, I I'm interested in the fact that it's not going to be. I thought for sure that that was like replacing all out. Um, but to me, it has to mean that that Punk's coming back, right? I I just can't imagine that you're running that without somebody like Punk that's going to be on the card. I know you've obviously got other names. You've got Kenny Omega, and I think. I think the best news for um, AEW fans is what happened with Monday Night Raw. I think that if there was a worry of Kenny leaving for WWE, it's probably gone now. And yeah. uh, so, so you, I, I would imagine he's there. I, I just, I, I have to believe that Tony's pretty much already got that show booked, and I cannot wait to see what it looks like. Yeah, and I think it's going to be exciting to see what that buildup looks like. You have a lot of English stars already. Jamie Hayter, um, Kip Sabian. I was going to say Kip Sabian, but come on. Uh, but uh, Jamie Hayter and Mercedes could have a match there. Jamie yep. Hayter and Britt could finally have their blow off. That could be a big, huge match for the women's division. Um, maybe that's you have Osprey do something there and come over. Uh, if he's injured for Forbidden Door, maybe that's when you run Kenny and Osprey too, which would be a hell of a main event and it provides a really good symmetry with when um british bulldog and bret hart were in wembley stadium in 92 where you had the best match go on last um that could be really cool so i think uh it's going to be a, a hell of a show you do have to have a huge card and you do have to be able to um be prepared for some wwe chicanery there's going to be a lot of um shady business shit that probably goes on because they're not going to be happy that they got to Wembley first. Uh, I'm sure they're not handling that well. Um, and this isn't again being tribalistic. It's just the history of WWE. Anytime someone is encroaching on their, uh, pie, they feel they're going to be very aggressive and try to fuck them over. So there's going to be stuff that goes on. Um, I'm certain they'll have, a banger of a money in the bank over there when they go there for the O2. But I wouldn't be surprised if they try to run additional shows or just try to burn out the crowd or something to try to undermine this. But mm -hmm. you know, the, it's the first time AEW is going to be there. I think there's going to be an audience for it. And I would not be surprised that at the very minimum, they sell 60,000. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, when we were at, mania we had we had an inside source that gave us the number of people that was there was right i think they were announcing in the 80s but it was like right around like actually like 72 or something like that i believe yeah. so that just like thinking about that in perspective that was that was a huge show so it'll be really interesting um you know tony if you're listening we know you are um i would happily jump on your private jet and attend so <laughs> the elitists aren't above. We are not above being on your payroll. Um, moving on to our match of the week. Uh, it's funny. We spent all this time kind of talking sadness about WWE with the, with the buy, but this weekend was really good mania wise. And yes. uh, we both had a match of the week from mania. What was yours? So, yeah. Mine was the intercontinental title match with Gunther, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. I thought that was the best I see match um, in years. I thought yeah, it was absolutely. better than the, uh, Gunther and Sheamus match from last year that was also really, really, really well done. Um, this was a, and I hate triple threat matches. I do. I, I think they're so stupid and um, 
uh, formulaic and they don't make sense. It's not real. It's corny. But these guys just beat the living shit out of each other. And they put some just stiff shots on each other and everything looked real. It looked um, so raw, the way that they hit each other, the chops, everything about it was high octane. It was a very violent match. It was more violent than any silliness in the hell in the cell was. Um, and these guys just did a great job. And Gunther came out of this looking like a huge, huge superstar and one of the best wrestlers in the world. And he's getting platforms really well by WWE. And they did a great job with him here. Uh, I think there was a fan sentiment of wanting Sheamus to win. Sheamus still looked good in defeat um gunther just won and he's a dominant intercontinental champion for years people bitched about how come that title doesn't have any meaning anymore certainly has the best meaning it's ever had in decades uh he's doing a tremendous job and that was a great match and wrestlemania had a lot of amazing matches this year that's something you don't typically say I think WrestleMania is always underwhelming. I love the spectacle. I love the pageantry. I love the show of it. But this year had the pageantry, had the show, but it also had really great matches that were aggressive. Like everyone beat the shit out of each other. The women's matches were aggressive. Everything just was at a high level for the most part. There was some going awful shit there because, you know, they just can't help themselves. But I love that match. I think it was one of the best uh, matches in the history of WrestleMania. Yeah, I I would agree. And I think one of the greatest IC matches uh, that I can remember. And I had this thought and I didn't know, I don't know how to word it, but I feel like for a triple threat match, that was like you said, like those tend to not be great. And whenever they do like a triple threat or fatal four away and it's for the IC title and they do it with just flippy guys. It just feels like a guy. It just feels like a bunch of people like waiting for their spot. Absolutely. You know, I hit, I hit my spot, hit this spot, hit that spot. And and this isn't, I just want to say that WWE is not the only one that's guilty of this. Anybody is. Oh yeah. And, but seeing it with just three guys that are just fucking brawling made it feel so much more real. And when they were taking naps, it felt like it made sense. And when, when Gunther was out for so long, you're like, I get it. They've been just smacking the shit out of each other. Something about it just, I I hate to sound like Cornette, but like there is just something about those guys, the brawlers, that makes wrestling so much more like just fuck yeah. Like you, you just get like into it more for me. The yeah. the flippy guys are enjoyable. They're fun. I think they're great for people who are not super into wrestling to showcase some stuff to them. But there's something special about that to me. Well, it just goes back to what it is at its core. It's an exhibition. And when you have guys that do a lot of flips, and it's, again, not trying to be derogatory, but the suspension of disbelief is just kind of like, eh, that just looks so corny. And here, it doesn't seem corny at all. It seems very real. And you make small things like chops or suplex matter. When they get dropped on their head or on their back in this match, it looked like it hurt. And it looked like it hurt because it fucking did. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's similar to how we praise, which we'll talk about a little bit later, Bloodsport. Everything uh-huh. in Bloodsport. Yeah. When I remember when we went to the Bloodsport show last year, the big, the move that got the craziest pop was just a German suplex. 
when they when they roll out of the ring together at the same time, people go ballistic, and it just goes back to like 1930s wrestling, and it's just a fun and, time warp to, to watch that. And then, and then, yeah, and then you think about Commander like running the ropes and like doing that uh, the jumps that he does, yeah, uh, springboards, and Vikingo, yeah, like, yeah, like, I see that every week. I don't care. But them rolling out of the <laughs> ring in a blood sport match, you're like, oh, my, are they okay? Do we need to stop is this? this? Is her knee okay? Is Marina Shafir going to make, you know, going to make yeah. it with her bare feet? Like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a really good match. I thought for sure, though. I thought I for sure saw this spot coming when uh, Sheamus had uh, Gunther in the, the. I think it's called the Cloverleaf, right? And yeah. then. Uh, and then Drew came in and he he, he put uh, Sheamus in like a headlock or sleeper hold type thing. I thought for sure, especially with the way that they had the camera angled, we were going to see uh, Sheamus break that up with just a brutal Claymore kick, which I thought would have been great in that spot. I just thought that that would have been a, a great, just brutal way to break a, break a submission. My only complaint about that match was I felt like towards the end... And I get why they did it because they they almost did it where each man had a time where they kicked out of a spot where they probably typically wouldn't kick out, you know, where they had a two point nine nine after a cr- get, taking a crazy beating kick out. I felt like by the end of that, there was too much of it. It was just, but I also get it. They wanted to give each each competitor a chance to do that. It's a small complaint. It's a very good match. My match of the week was uh, from night one. Uh, the main event, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens defeating the Usos. It wasn't the best match from a quality standpoint or anything like that. It was very good. Don't get me wrong, but just the story aspect. Um, I loved the ending, the three uh, Haluva kicks, the way that oh, they sold great. it, everything like that was perfect. It was just a great culmination of everything. The fact that Sammy did it to Jay, they started as enemies that became best friends and Jay just, then Jay turned on him. Then he hits him with three Haluva kicks uh, just a great match. I also enjoyed that they didn't take it too long. It was it was a good amount of time for the match, but it wasn't it wasn't a thirty five minute match, which was what I was kind of worried that they would do. Despite the fact that it was the main event, I thought that they kind of got in, got out, and boom, gave us gave us the happy ending. That might be the best. Sami Zayn's song might be the best song to end WrestleMania. Yeah. That's a that's a so perfect happy. WrestleMania song because it's a football stadium and everyone's chanting and singing and that's good call uh yeah that ending was one of the better endings and it was so basic just three big kicks but every kick felt so real and then you did have the suspense of like oh no are they gonna kick out or something gonna happen where he can't seal the deal and Sami Zayn's character if you go back to his nxt years he lacked the killer instinct and he had the chance to beat um cesaro then or um who the hell is Pox old gimmick name? Adrian Neville. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you'd have these chances to beat the guys, but you just didn't have that killer instinct and you would eventually get beat. And in this match, he just kept them coming and coming and coming. Uh, so he wouldn't be denied. So I love the finish too. Um, yeah. Like you said, they, they, they did kind of uh, go a little bit shorter than you'd expect. You'd think it would be more over the top epic, you know, hijinks or whatever. Um, they kind of went sort of went home early in this match. You can kind of see like, okay, they went to the false finishes and the second gear and the third gear pretty quickly, but it made everything exciting. And um, I, I mean, WrestleMania night one ended with people online saying, okay, well that was the best WrestleMania ever. 
no matter what happens tomorrow. And the first night was very, very, very good. Second night was just as good in parts, but it's things that weren't so hot were pretty rough. Yeah. Night two almost was, uh, it was a detriment that night one was so good too. I think it made the bad stuff of two really stand out. And also you, you kind of think about the special guest stuff that they did this year where even, even before Shane got hurt, it being Shane in the Miz with Snoop Dogg is nowhere near as powerful as Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon in the ring yeah. together. Like that's just, you can't even compare the two. Uh, or the, speaking or the kid of, in the, um, the, what it was like the bottle. Like I just thought of Justin Timberlake and like the, the SNL character, but the guy who was, oh, yeah. who was yeah. on his like Logan Paul's show. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that that wasn't Jay White or that wasn't, you know, someone, someone who was like a big star that was going to cross over. I'm glad it was just some weirdo on, I don't know that. So I didn't, you'd have to see just some imagining it being, that way. Just imagining it being like Moxley after Mox said on uh Renee's podcast last year, how he's like, I didn't have, I didn't have a contract. <laughs> I could have showed up at SummerSlam. <laughs> he shows up at WWE and he's just in that prime bottle. Uh, <laughs> Brian Cage. Brian Cage kept talking about how he's not signed either right now. So could have been him. Um, speaking of night two, though, you had your moment of the week as uh, something from that. So why don't you talk through Yeah. It? So mine was, uh, I, it was the biggest moment of the week, I think, in just terms of everyone's focus was fixated on it. Yeah. The match between Cody and Roman. Um, this was my favorite Cody Rhodes match ever. I like this more than the Dustin match that was very emotional at AEW's first pay-per-view. I just thought this was fantastic from top to bottom. It was crafted like Cody was going to win. I thought he would. Um, and I got really suckered into it. I was very, uh, just, blown away by how well these two have chemistry together. Um, I know WWE and especially Vince loves to run matches for five times in a row. He's done that with Roman and Brock. He's done that with Roman and Seth and Roman and uh, Ambrose and Randy Orton and so forth. And these two will wrestle quite a bit, but they do have a crazy chemistry together and they did bring out the best of each other. And that was one of the better WrestleMania main events of all time wasn't the finish I wanted. I didn't hate it as much as everyone else did. Um, well, and, and, you know, that's debatable too. Maybe people did like it and certainly you liked it. Um, I just thought it was, uh, you had the moment and you build it up and you had people invested. It would have been the time I thought to pull the trigger on Cody, even though I'm not saddened that Cody didn't get the strap and get the win. Um, I can just imagine Cody's interviews that he's going to do if he was champion, like the ones he did before like WrestleMania week of like, I was never a here like, Oh, well I was a heel in AEW and just some of his revisionist history. He's certainly like his dad uh, of just like yeah. Jesus Christ. Like I, this fucking guy. Um, I think he's going to get the fans. This is another topic entirely, but I think when he does get the title, he is going to get turned on so violently. And people are just going to get sick of him. But it's another topic for a different day. I thought it was an excellent match, though. And one of the best of all times. I just wish it was a different spot. Like the because that's how they ended it at Clash of the Castle. If he just got pinned clean, if he just took a spear and whatever, I would have been happy with it or um some other form of interference that just wasn't something they've done before that also wasn't 
silly. Like he couldn't, you know, have chloroform on a towel or something ridiculous, but yeah. I would have been okay with that. Um, it'll just be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, he Cody is the grandson of a plumber and the son of a carny. And when in some of those yeah. interviews that he did, he uh, it showed the carny showed. Um, he, he did. I could see like maybe instead on on that finish, instead of having Solo hit him with the the spike or whatever, you know, maybe he just lets Roman out for a second because he's like trying to get the ref's attention, or you know, he gets distracted, and then you have him hit the you know pin him clean still. I liked it though because it it's one of those times where it's like Cody won that match. He just didn't win the title, if that makes sense, right? He he had he had Roman beat. Um so I think that that's what they were going for there. I I like it because, you know, like I said in my article wrestlingleaders.com, um you, you I what I enjoyed about it was the fact that Co- Cody is definitely ready to hold to hold the main title. He's ready for all of that. Roman isn't ready to drop it and which sounds crazy when somebody's had the title for 946 days or whatever he's at right now. But at the end of the day, I think it would have done a disservice to this entire reign, huh, the reigns, uh, to have him lose right there. And, and I think it would have ultimately been a disservice to Cody. I think people would have been happy in the moment and then would have, it would have just, I don't know that anything would have happened from there. So I still think he ends up taking the title off of him, uh, but it was a really, it was a great moment. It was, you know, to watch, to watch it all happen. I, um, I actually had to go back and rewatch the beginning of the match. I, I kind of turned it on towards the end originally and, you know, going through having Sammy come out and try to make the save and chasing the Usos out and then everything you actually think is going to happen. The crowd, it's incredible because I want to believe that this Cody stuff is propaganda at times. Once again, not because I dislike Cody, but I just don't understand like people talking about how popular he is. It it doesn't compute to me. I don't understand why the WWE audience loves him so much. Once again, I think he's very good. I think he's a top tier wrestler, but there's just something about him that does not always feel authentic to me. I I don't know if I've ever seen somebody that over in terms of potentially beating Reigns there. It was crazy. It would have made me want to pull the trigger, you know, from Gorilla just you know, say, Hey, let's switch this finish and have him win it. But I, I, did you have a thought on that? Yeah, that's just it. There's nothing authentic about him. He's, he's Cena. He's what Vince has told you what a main superstar is. He's, he's just what they've been, their audience has been taught. Um, and he looks that part and he says the right things and he plays that role to perfection. Like he really does. Like he perfectly is that part, but it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like someone who was raised from a young age to be a politician. Oh, yeah, 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 that's what he is. Yeah, yeah. there's not uh, an authentic thing about him. Um, but it, but he does it really well. He's a great actor. He's a great performer. Um, and wait till he has someone in his corner, a certain Brandy Rhodes. Now that's when he's going to get over. <laughs> I, I days like fucking, this. I, I wish we fucking, were a more visual podcast so you could see my face. I fucking bet you that's what they think is going to get them to the next level. It's like, eh, what if we have As her faces the, too? Yeah. What if we have her in the quarter? She can give Ugh. a really trashy promo before and she comes out. <laughs> Actually, if you had Bernard, I think that was his dog's name, right? Was it, was it Bernard? 
Oh, uh, I will not be able to come up with that. It was definitely not Bernard, though. I thought it was Bernard. It was uh, Pharaoh. <laughs> Pharaoh. Okay. Why the hell did I say Bernard? Very close. Okay. But if he had the uh, dog, too, that would help him get over as well. That's just my Absolutely. Um, I'll be quick here uh, just because we already kind of talked about it. My moment of the week is Jay White showing up yesterday. Yeah. Complete shock. The fact that he did it right away. I love that Tony didn't tease that somebody was coming through the forbidden door. It didn't do anything like that. We had already been disappointed a few weeks before when Juice showed up and we heard the Bullet Club is for life song. Uh, So to have it happen again and then the camera work wasn't great for it. Mm -mm. Uh, It was it was actually AJ Styles debut level bad. Um, But to have him come out, especially I think everybody was feeling pretty dejected from from what had happened on Monday night. Uh, I saw someone make the joke of congratulations to everyone who had uh, Jay White showing up uh, Russell, after WrestleMania. They were technically right, even though they all thought it was going to be raw. Um, just great surprise. I think that they they really made me think that he was actually going WWE. So I am uh, I'm very happy and I hope that they immediately make him a star, which it seems like they are if they're going to have him feuding with Ricky, who's been somebody on their radar clearly for a while too no he's the top guy he's gonna do fantastic there um i was happy to see it jay white's one of my favorite wrestlers in the world and uh he's gonna have a great impact and he's still young he's only 30 years old so even if he did want to go to wwe after this he totally could like if he does AEW for five years or three years or whatever it is he can still go there he's not gonna be totally shot and spent um which may be the best move for him is, is waiting until whatever happens with vince is done if he gets kicked out if he gets in trouble again if he does god knows what um maybe the time is then to go over there um but yeah he's gonna have a big impact and it's funny too on these shows where tony hypes up this immaculate surprise it's gonna be the biggest deal he always kind of has another surprise come with it too like uh he like the time that jay white was first on AEW's television was when they debuted um keith lee um mm-hmm. so they've done like a couple of these like two two for one uh you know surprise shows just to make sure that people did get that sensation of okay something happened that was unexpected um and they people felt like they got their attention's worth you know absolutely i'm uh i'm excited to see what they do with him and um i just can you imagine like him versus even like i don't even know how you do him versus mjf because they're both so hateable but they pro- they will eventually run something like that, and and I'm excited for it. I I I think he could be a good baby face, which is kind of crazy to think because he's only been a heel that you'd seen on, um, sort of like how Adam Cole is. Uh, maybe it's just too soon to have at him kind of take what Adam Cole's been doing and going face, but I think there's potential for it because he is a cool heel. Um, I don't know that could be an opportunity for him down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to our cringe. Um, I think we've kind of talked about both of ours a little bit already, but why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I mean, what, let's not stop ourselves from making fun of Vince's face one more time. So Vince is back. <laughs> <laughs> Gomez Adams has returned to the WWE. Uh, no, so he's back on uh, camera just doing the press tour with Endeavor. Um, just, just sucks. He just doesn't own up to why he was gone. What happened to him? It wasn't that he decided to retire and come back. It wasn't that 
Um, you know, he owned up to it, like he said on CNNBC. No, you didn't own up to it. You stop. That's just awful. His checkbook owned up to it. Yeah, and 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 that's not even true. Too, it took the company uh, under threat of severe SEC violations for him to pony back up and pay the company back that he used as his own piggy bank for his perversion. Um, and then supposedly he made a lot of changes uh, to Raw's show. Um, and it's just frustrating too. After he again said, "Like, well, I'm not going to be touching creative. I'm just going to be, you know." looking over things at a high level every time that he's come back uh, and gotten closer and closer and closer to the product. There's always been a lie and a message to fans like, Oh no, 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 I'm not doing, it's not going to be like the old days. And then it goes back to the same old shit. Don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's the, and, and triple H is doing another, he's not, he's addressing the SmackDown audience on Friday now. So I'm sure we'll get a retread of the exact same everything is fine um, promo. So that's exciting for us. I'll I'll actually probably tune in just because I I like chaos at times. Uh, my cringe of the week was the Raw After Mania. It's so interesting to me that people used to love Raw After Mania. Yeah. It was always a time where you'd get debuts, surprises, things like that. And instead of leaning into it, WWE has done their best to just suck the life out of it. Just absolutely. They're like, oh, you you enjoyed this? Let's let's ruin that for you. Like it, it goes once again to that playing to the audience of one. Vince isn't intrigued by good wrestling. He's in, he's almost intrigued by ruining people's nights. And that was just an absolute shit show. Uh, do you care to guess? the exact amount of time that there was of uh, wrestling um, in the first hour, the commercial free hour of raw on Monday. I think it was under two minutes. It was a minute 37. Yeah. Sounds about right. Commercial free hour of a pro wrestling television show. Um, It's just, it just sucks because they get your hopes up. I had literally just written an article where I was the most positive I've been about their product since uh i don't know 2006 <laughs> like before i had a taste of cynicism and then they immediately do that i was glad that i put that little note in there for you as the editor to uh self-destruct that blog if if they uh if they end up betraying me on this yeah i mean i texted you guys during mania like wow well, am i gonna be a wwe fan again like if this is what the product yeah, is I have that i'm not framed actually now yeah, send that to Stanford. Um, I, I was into the show. I mean, and I never am. And I, I think it always disappoints or there's always things that are so insulting and stupid about it. You just go, God, I can't get into this again. Uh, and you had moments and teases of where it looked like there was potential. And then it just goes back to um, audience of one and I know what you want and it's better than what you want. And I don't like this anymore. I'm just changing directions. And uh, it's such a... Um, there's no satisfaction you get from watching the show and there's no payoff to your investment of time. And it's amazing how they're able to keep people conditioned to think, well, that's okay. Or, or it's going to pay off later or he's a billionaire. Don't, don't question him. I mean, there was a lot of that kind of shit going around of like, well, look how much he, you know, initially invested in the company and now look at what it's worth. He's still a genius. Don't question his, you know, 
storytelling abilities. It's like, what the fuck are you thinking? Yeah, he, um, I, I'm surprised that Endeavor felt the need to bring him on. Cause I, to me, the last six months were proof that you didn't need him. So it's very, very interesting that he was, he was kept, but maybe <laughs> there's like a, the conspiracy side of me. That's like, are they keeping him around? So the first time they do have a, you know, something come up, they just have an instant fall guy in Vince McMahon. They can have him go away again. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah, feels, and it's like it's like how Vince always had John Laurinaitis at his side, so he could eventually fire him. Well, how how are you going to buy them without Vince being attached to it? Yeah, it's the only way you could possibly do it. That's not that um, tinfoil hat of a conspiracy theory belief to actually to have. Like he needs to be on there to do it to get it sold, and then too, like the merger is going to take a year or so to do it. I mean, I think like in, in the high level notes of what the deal was that I read. Um, they, there's incentives if they get it closed by, I believe, February of next year. So, I mean, there's still a lot of things to be worked out and sorted out. I mean, I think it has to be approved just for a company to be that big in the same space. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still legal liabilities and things of that nature. But I wouldn't be surprised if, like, I mean, it's fucking cutthroat corporate America, and those are evil people. Like, that's not that's words. Like, it's like those, they're they're not yeah. they're not good hearted. You know, they're not running a, a fucking charity. Um, they're yeah. they would be happy to fuck over Vince if it meant making more money for themselves. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some more positivity. What we're looking forward to. Uh, yours actually continues on the Vince train. It looks like, yeah, it's not positive at all, but it's going to be a fun spectacle to watch. Um, I just didn't think that we'd have for days trending on Twitter fire Vince. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if anything comes from that, if there is any kind of hijacking of the show. Um, I just think that would be kind of crazy to see after all these years, they finally do something as a fan base. Um, so we'll see. I doubt anything will come of it. I think, um, they like, they being WWE, like any news is good news and any trending is good trending. And so I think like this doesn't, isn't going to really result in anything, but it was funny, I guess, like on the bump, that show where it's like a, I don't know, like an interactive show. It was nothing but fire events and uh, a lot of negative mm-hmm. events talk. And it is, I think it is just optimistic that at least their fan base is going like, no, you did horrible things. And you're insane. And I don't want you to be attached with a company that I love anymore. It's for a lot of people, this is their sports team and they don't want the worst general manager possible running it at the helm anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting, especially with, with triple H coming out because people love triple H. They do hate Vince. Yes. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. There's going to be something, I don't know what city they're in that will play a part of it. You know, if they're in Philly, actually, if they're in Philly, they might get a province uh, chant going, but you know what I mean? Like if they're in certain cities, it'll be different. Um, yeah, but it'll be interesting. Um, my anticipation is, uh, you know, we said Jay white, he, uh, debuted earlier in the week and then he attacked Ricky Stark. So I'm assuming that means we're getting Jay white versus Ricky Stark soon. And, Boy, oh boy, can I not wait for that? That'll be a really good match. I my only concern is I feel like I keep building up Ricky Stark matches in my head because I love him as a character, I love him as a talker, and then it doesn't really deliver. Uh, some of that's handicapped by the fact that 
the MJF stuff, like it had to end kind of screwy. Um, and then Jericho, it's like, uh, like they, that just dragged on too long. But I just want to see these two go at it. I think you have a great, great face with Starks as the first, um, the first uh, battle for Jay White. It's better than him facing. I don't even know who's really another face right now, but like the face equivalent of a QT Marshall for his debut. God. Wardlow. Or like even like if if uh if Jungle Boy wasn't in this pillar yeah. thing right now, I'd rather see him face Ricky Starks. That, that kind of makes sense. So he probably would have been the sacrificial lamb. If it, it does feel like he would know? have been. Like that would be kind of the perfect guy because he's a beloved person or Darby, you know. Wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I do a bonus cringe of the week? Can I, yeah, can I retroactively there's a lot, there, go back? There, I totally a lot forgot to be, about this. Yeah, fine. I, uh, cringeworthy. As my friend's resident uh, wrestling uh, guru, I had a friend text me just now and he goes, hey, what's the deal with WWE and something about Auschwitz? Totally forgot to bring that oh, up. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <sighs> if people didn't know, uh, Dominic Mysterio in the uh, in, in the video package for him being a, uh, a convicted felon, they were just showing <laughs> shots of prisons, and they showed Auschwitz as one of the prisons. That's the third Ooh. time I think they've had some Nazi stuff come out. That's... They had the Gunther's last name. Yeah, uh, was bad. They gave him a score of eight, eight. Like they've had a couple of whoopsie where it's someone I would have to believe it's some mega guy being cute. And just thinking they can get away with it. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I tend to be on the side of, you know, the simplest, you know, like the Occam's razor type of a thing. Like, like, oh, it's probably a true mistake. But then when it starts to happen and then it happens again and then it happens again. Then all of a sudden, Occam's razor switches from it being a genuine mistake to uh, there's somebody that is catching this and isn't saying something. No, that's entirely what it is. And good on them for not accepting their apology and calling it bullshit and saying, no, that was that was not acceptable. And don't apologize. Yeah. Yeah. It It's hard to believe that it, that could have gone through multiple rounds of approval and nobody would have been like, wow, that looks oddly familiar (laughs) i'm surprised they knew what it looked like though in a weird way like it's not american history it's like well whatever (laughs) just like yeah i don't know it's a uh it's interesting um we'll we'll jump to some other topics here real quick um wrestlemania i think we've kind of talked about it quite a bit but i think night one was a very 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 good show really enjoyed the women's match it's a shame that any other year that match would have rightfully headlined, but I think the right choice was made in this case to have. Oh yeah, you you headline with your top story. Um, it's not in which your top story isn't always going to be about the main title. And let's and be so honest, Charlotte Flair's inconsistent too. You never know what yeah. type of mood she's going to be in, and she doesn't always, from what you see or what the perception is, is that you sometimes don't know what type of performance you're going to get, even though she's very capable of matches like that. And that was an all time great women's match. I thought Bianca and Oscar was great too. Um, and that had to follow the Gunther triple threat match. I mean, that's very difficult to try to go out after that. And that was also a really good, good match. Um, 
and then Logan Paul and Seth. It wasn't the best match ever, but that was that was still very very entertaining and it was a lot of fun. Um, the spot fast tag feature match was was very good too on night one. Um, the Cena and Theory match that wasn't great, but it was just nice to see John Cena. It was fine for what it was. Uh, so th- yeah, night one was great. Night two had those awesome moments of the Gunther and the Bianca Belair match, but then you also had the ridiculous shit with the Miz and Shane McMahon. <laughs> just was so God. Just why does he have to come back after he was sworn off and he's never going to be on television again? He comes out there and just pulls a Dante Martin. <laughs> and just brutal uh his knee just goes all over the place and then the stuff with the miz i mean i remember a couple years or when cm punk made that comment about uh mjf being like a shitty miz or something like that people did have a there was a little undercurrent of like you know what don't shit on the miz that guy's like he's a good guy and a company guy and does so much good stuff i wish he was more selfish though would just say no to shit and just wouldn't let himself look like such a douchebag um and i i know his his character's an ass but like he mm-hmm. does deserve to have a little bit more credibility than that good for him for being a team player but my god he just lets himself get humiliated so much and i wish he was able just to say no to stuff and go no i'm not doing that or that's just it's too much of a company man yeah and like that's cool that he's like that and he loves the product and maybe he does think it's good but god he just is in so much crap you know, like he, he really isn't bad, bad stuff. And it's another thing on his permanent record. That's embarrassing. Also embarrassing was Finn Balor's like streamers on his arms. It looked like his like great aunt did it. He didn't have the heart to tell her it looked like shit and just was weird costume and his dancing and prancing looked really silly with the lighting. It just was, that was such Finn, a weird Finn. <laughs> is one of the is a guy that to me thinks he's a lot better of a heel than he is yes he's it's similar to how i felt about when private party turned heel and they were like if we thrust our hips that's a heel thing you know what i mean where it's like well no that's <laughs> that's just that's <stupid>. not <laughs> yeah or even sammy i thought sammy was an awful heel where he was just like he's like what if i dance really obnoxiously <sighs> It's, that that demon persona is done. Like it got killed with the with the silly like Roman Reigns match where he was like convulsing and came back to life. <laughs> my, and it just I, you can just never look at him the same way. One of my buddies actually texted us over the weekend. He like he's followed wrestling. You know he's been to some shows with us, um, but he doesn't watch it like regularly. And he asked, he's like, "Has uh, Finn lost yet as the demon?" I was like, "Oh, the demon itself has just lost. Like it's gone." <laughs> <laughs> why there does Edge no need to win it just god he looks oh. rough too that match was ridiculous and silly um but uh wrestlemania good set entrance, was though. amazing that was such a great set and that looked so good and they did a great job of the production the camera angles and they did a lot of good things with the show itself um timing mm-hmm. of things was painful to watch everything was so damn slow and all the recaps that was awful but the pageantry of entrances and making them unique for each character looked amazing and that's one of the things that wrestlemania and wwe do such a amazing job of absolutely i th- i think that you know i talked about it in my um in my article where 
I think Cody's always been in love with the pageantry of WWE and and I am too. It always gets me caught up in it. Like I when you sent the video of them debuting the oh, the uh, arena, the I was like, oh man, this is gonna be so good. And and it did end up being a really good show, but they they get you. They they did they trick you into thinking every time like well, things we, have changed. What if we put no, makeup on this pig, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, one of the better WrestleManias. Kind of sad we weren't there for it. Um, but also, I, I think if we would have gone to LA, I don't know that we would have been at the shows anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, ROHR recap. Uh, I will say, did, does Tony want everybody to be sad? I, I felt yeah. like there were two matches that that sh- I was shocked that neither <laughs> of them had the face win. And that would be the the ROH TV title and the main event match. I thought surely one of those two, I actually thought both of them were going to be title changes, but Tony doesn't want you to be happy. No. And he usually does do that for these shows. Um, I, I, Mm -hmm. I do think that the stuff that like Paul Heyman is saying about Cody and like, well, there's nowhere to go. And like uh, his character, yada, yada, with Eddie within ROH, within that ecosystem and that storyline, he literally just like spilled coffee on Claudio and he had promos with him, but they didn't really do much yet in the new version of ROH yeah. that would make his big win feel earned. So I didn't care that much. And the match was excellent. And I lo- I was I, I thought that was going to be the match of the weekend um in the show of the weekend i mean that was a good show from top to bottom there wasn't a stinker match on it that was easily the best ring of honor pay-per-view and one of tony's best pay-per-views and even if you add AEW to the mix it was it was a very 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 good show um with amazing wrestling top to bottom and everything was different there wasn't anything that was repetitive or it was a slice of any type of uh, fandom you got something for you know, whatever you're into wrestling wise. So I was very impressed with that show. And I, and that was my, one of my favorites I've ever seen. Yeah. And I feel like, so my problem with AEW lately, their pay-per-views, they're always still good. Don't get me wrong, but it feels like they're trying to cram so much in so many wrestlers. So everything's a triple threat or, or a tag match, even if it's not for the titles and all of these things. And the ROH show just felt perfect the right amount of matches, the right amount of people in the matches. It just felt, it felt less crowded and less cramped, which is what I kind of miss about the early days of, uh, AEW pay-per-views where mm-hmm. maybe they were a little bit hamstrung by not having the right talent to be headlining a pay-per-view. No, it's a they, good like, point. I think AEW needs to find that, that, that middle ground. Well, it's why those NXT shows stood out too, because you had five matches and yep. three of them weren't, 10 man ladder matches, you know, like it, it was singles matches, maybe a triple threat. Maybe you'd have a four way thing or a tag match, but it was th- that they, that was a lean um, run of pay-per-views yep. where the number of wrestlers were probably like 20 superstars all in all. Look at me saying mm-hmm. superstars that f- fucking Vince who's just in my head. Brainwashed. I know. Uh, yeah. I, it was really good. And you know what? I, I commend them actually though, for, not taking the easy way of instantly Mark Briscoe gets to carry the ROH title instantly. Eddie wins the, the main title. Um, you, you are right in the sense that it, this is where it becomes weird with AEW and ROH, right? Because the fans have been, a lot of fans have been clamoring for an Eddie win 
on the main roster or the main roster. <laughs> Once again, look at that. Me, my AEW or WWE lingo. <laughs> the fans have been looking for a Eddie, you know, big title run. And I've been saying since people started yelling it, I don't think that he is right for that in AEW, but I think he's perfect for it in ROH. And so there's like this weird tie. And it's almost similar to once again, when people would get called up from NXT and us as fans of NXT, we're like, yeah, of course, uh, Finn Balor is ready to be a star right now, but then they have to rebuild him up because nobody on that watches Monday night raw is the same. Like half of them aren't watching NXT. So they don't, yeah. t- to them, this is some random indie guy still. Um, so it, it's a very interesting thing to have watched him jump over there and because it feels like that was that would have been more of a win in the grand scheme of his whole AEW career, but not in his ROH career. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, my apologies to Top Flight for probably cursing them. Um, that, yeah, that's all you. That, that ankle injury. Oh, man. I Disgusting. Um, but I, I'm hoping that maybe that puts a little bit of a pause, probably won't on Canadian destroyers off of things onto other things. We're lucky that that's the worst injury we've seen from one of those. No, that move needs to go. And when like, it's good on him, but when the rock and roll express guy does it and, and someone who's 67 can do that move it, or when celebrities do it, it just needs to go. Yeah, you can, especially when it's somebody, uh, Marty Janetti hit one on Joey Janela a few years I'm, ago. I'm sure and it he was did, the, yeah. And that was the first time I understood how the move was done because he did it so slow. I could see Joey Janela do the backflip for him. <laughs> uh, man, I can't believe we've never had like a Marty Janetti cringe of the week yet. Like that guy is just hey, not. Cringe of the decade. Yeah. He's, he, That'll uh, be our 10 year award anniversary. Uh, the Marty show. Janetti. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick, just uh, what was your favorite of the, of the indie shows? Uh, I, I still like blood sport the most. I liked it a little bit more than WrestleCon. Um, again, it's an authentic presentation. That's just different. Um, I like more of a strong style myself. I think it's better in person though. Um, it just, it just feels like you're watching some underground thing. Um, and it has a, I don't know, a weird fight club energy to it live. Um, but I liked it. I, I was a little bit disappointed with Kota Bushi and Speedball. I thought they mm-hmm. could have put on a better match, but I guess Kota's injured. So whatever it is, what it is. Um, and I like watching Marina Shafir. She's one of my like favorite, uh, ironically, like one of my favorite wrestlers because of how awkward and kind of unnatural she can be at times. Um, and she really does fit well for blood sports. So I, I enjoy watching uh, that show a lot. It was yeah. good. That's uh, one of Mox's favorite wrestlers too. If you heard him talking yeah. about her on uh, Renee's podcast, I'm going to be honest. I have only watched clips from all of those other indie shows. I was uh, busy last weekend. Uh, and so I still got to catch up on, on our fight uh, subscription as well as WrestleCon. It's a was lot there to a... watch though. It, it like you do get to a point where you're like, yeah. I can't like, like at one point I was, I think I was putting something up on the website when Sean was over here and he had WrestleCon on and I was like, I hope this takes me longer to do just so I don't have to watch. <laughs> so you don't have to interact with Sean. <laughs> yeah. No, just so I don't have to watch like a, like a 
like uh, there's three more matches left to go before the main event like i'm getting checked out of this yeah like i didn't yeah. watch nxt yet i didn't watch the i mean there's the spring break show i didn't watch that i mean there's a lot of stuff there that i a lot of the gcw i didn't watch because there's just so much like at, at a certain point even i get sick of it yeah yeah i i uh was there for wrestlecon was there like one of those clusterfuck like eight-man tags like we saw where you know enzo and no i mean maybe there was but there wasn't anything as funny as last year's like or nothing that stood out as like oh that was just um crazy to have barry horowitz in a match yeah gotcha um ftr resigned uh and we got to see uh them get the win yesterday despite the fact i actually slightly got worried when the guns came out to many men by 50 cent Mm -hmm. great song great entrance for them uh it will be interesting if they continue that or if that was a one-off because they're in new york but uh happy that it's kind of over please 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 dax stop the whole like pretending you're gonna go to wwe that gimmick has been old for a long time yeah Uh, i did see that after the show though he cut a promo and he held a sign that said something uh, like Tony is better than Vince or something, you know, Tony greater than Vince or something like that. And, and put over uh, how great Tony is to work with and everything like that. Yeah. It, like a little bit, it was work shoot. Some of it was getting clicks. Some of it, I, you know, I don't know. And then he got pretty defensive at one point on Alvarez or something and just got really pissy at Alvarez. Cause he's like, I'm just kind of, cause he said the same thing. I'm like, I'm just kind of sick of, um, are you in or out? Cause it's not good for the brand to have yeah. people, even if it's in kayfabe or a storyline of like, it's just, isn't good. And he, I, I think they just kind of took each other the wrong way. So it's good that hopefully that's done and FTR back. They're the best tag team ever I, in, in my eyes. So it's going to be fun to see what they can do again. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, you know, I, in Sammy's promo this week, he said Ugh. something along the lines of like, I'm not going to use this as a, uh, this isn't a stepping stone. I'm not going to use this to go to WWE, blah, blah, blah. Like talking shit about MJF. And it's funny to think a few weeks ago, Darby said the whole thing about like people complaining on Twitter and everyone loved that. And I was like, yeah, Darby, Sammy says that. And he's so hated that people couldn't even react to that. It felt like, I don't know if you noticed that. And I know that oh, they no, were for in sure. Long, yeah. I didn't put that in Long the- Island's. Yeah, they're in Long Island, so like I get that like it's not going to get the same pop anywhere as it would anywhere else because it's MJF territory. But still, like Sammy could come out and just he could be like, guys, I found the cure to every disease, and people would be lukewarm to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't put that in the article. I was I had thought about putting something in there about Sammy, but I was like, God, he just is not. Um, he's not uh, where those other guys are. No, and I'm that's coming from a guy who I would pay a lot of money to make sure that uh, Jungle Boy does not resign with AEW. So you and your Jungle Boy hatred. that sounded that sounded like a threat. I, yeah, if there are Jeez. any hitmen that listen to this podcast, I yeah. that's not what I was looking for. Yeah, it was creepy. Shame on you. I meant <laughs> I meant I would I meant I would put money towards his WWE contract. Um, you monster. <laughs> Uh, real quick, lastly, um, we had a Bushwhacker die this week. Yeah, Bushwhacker um, Butch. It was too sad. Um, 
a good character. I mean, I wasn't, he wasn't a great wrestler, but let's come on, but um, very entertaining. I loved doing the Bushwhacker March when I was a little boy. Um, those guys had such a 180 in terms of who they were before they went to Vince. The Sheep Herders, their original gimmick was extremely violent, almost like a, like a crazy Terry Funk hardcore um, excessively violent team. And then they went to WWE and just were goofballs that did nothing and licked foreheads and just were silly. Um, it doesn't really hold up as great wrestling, but they're just entertaining characters and it's sad to see that he passed, but those guys were pretty old and still wrestling yeah. for a very long time. Like they had, yeah. um, they were about 105 in wrestler years. I mean, if you think about just the wear and tear that those guys had, so sad to see. And, um, uh, always known as good guys. So, yeah, it's always sad, especially like when it's somebody like Bushwhacker Butch, or like it feels like only big wrestling fans will know who that is. Um, or you know, people have been long term, and you probably won't get the memorialization that he probably deserves. But, um, you know, I think. I think as you look, though, um, they're in the Hall of Fame, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, think I, I think I remember. No, 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 they are. They are. Yeah, I feel like I remember their their induction. It was probably like five to six years ago. So, I, you know, you're, I'm always happy, which this is a depressing thought, but with, with wrestling, I'm happy when somebody isn't like put in post. Or what, what do you call that? Not in memoriam, but. Um, posthumously. You know, yeah, posthumously, like. At least, at least he got to you know get that point. In his I, career I love where... watching those old timers get in, even if it's not. It's and getting in as if it's like the rocket. Well, even that's a fucking joke, Hall of Fame. But watching a guy get an extra payday and getting to feel like they're special and getting... the wrestlers themselves believe it—that is the yeah. realest thing in the world to them. They really do care about it, and it means a lot to them. And to make them to to see them feel happy. That's one of the things that Vince does do a good job of is he's make he makes these old timers feel like it was it was worth it. Yeah, and I think was there was a year where they tried to do not not even just talking about COVID, where they tried to do a WWE Hall of Fame without fans there and it was closed off. But part of it, you need the fans there. And, you know, I was watching clips. I didn't watch this year's um induction ceremonies, but I did see clips. It's just not the same without the fans there to to be cheering and doing their chants. I know sometimes they can hijack stuff, but hall of fame to me without the fans doesn't make sense. Just like a show, just like a wrestling match without fans is really sure. tough to watch. Yeah. Um, I, and I think that those wrestlers deserve that one last, uh, pop. So, um, well, that'll do it for us this week. Um, we thank you for listening. Uh, if you please make sure you're visiting our link tree now, once again, that has a link to our merch, our Instagram, Twitter, even wrestlingelitist.com, where you can view our latest match reviews and articles. We are going to keep keep going. Uh, you know, I think we had good momentum this last week. Uh, Chris, I believe, is going to be finishing up that Jay White free agency article before his next free agency, I believe. Is that the plan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i had so many like, articles like shop, that were but i just thought it was funny no well i mean i have I'm, I'm a dad now it's hard to get shit done and yeah. good god it's sometimes it's difficult but there's been so many articles that i've had that i've started that i just haven't been able to finish and the momentum's lost or it's not as 
thing anymore. So I think one day we'll do a Patreon where my Andy Kaufman article's in there and then um, my Doink the Clown one is in there too. There you go. Yeah, it'll it'll come. It's it's in the hopper. Um, <laughs> you know, I I uh, I for some reason like the way that I write is like I I'll try to think of ideas for articles and just I'm like ah, that sound. I don't want to sound. I just my biggest fear is writing like a BuzzFeed style article on accident or like something that comes off like you know we're just some idiots on Bleacher. Uh, so I only really write when I feel. Uh, a certain way about something and I, I need to get better about coming up with content. So if anybody is listening uh, and, hey, and you're like, Hey, there's something that I have an idea on or something I'd love to see your thoughts on. I'm happy to write it. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm putting out content that's meaningful to people. Uh, especially now that I've learned that people actually read my stuff. So once again, please make sure you're checking out the website link tree for merch uh, friends and fans 25 for 25% off now through April 17th. Rick rude. Send us home. Hit the music.